Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. want to preach about hope, but I'm not, it's not my assignment. I've got to preach about broke. And uh, so pastor told us in the very beginning, I thought it was an incredible definition of what poverty is, because some people will describe poverty as not having enough money, or some people will describe poverty as to where you live, or what home you live in, or what job you have, how much money you make. They would describe poverty as that. But Pastor Steve described poverty to us as learned helplessness. And that's 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 what we that's what we that's what we want to go off of because poverty has nothing to do with how much money you make. It has to do with what you've learned in your life. And people have taught people how to be helpless, that they can't help themselves. Right. But can I tell you, this poverty is also a mentality of learned helplessness that you can't help anybody else. Somebody say amen. When you're living in poverty, when you have the mindset of poverty, you, also, you don't think you can help yourself, but you also don't think you can help other people. Come on. And can I tell you something? I, uh, how many people, especially this time of year, see all the panhandlers that are, every time you go to a stoplight, it doesn't matter where you're at, they're out there. It doesn't matter if it's raining, if it's cold, they're holding up a sign. Can I tell you that one of the things that I've done here recently is that, you know, God tells us to have childlike faith, Right? So every time I go to one of those places, I ask Luke, two and a half years old, my son, I say, Luke, do you want to give this man some money? Hey, Luke, do you want to give this woman some money? Hey, Luke, do you want to do this? Do you know that he's never told me no? Hey, I'm just saying. We think that we can't help anybody else. Now, I'm not saying that I give him $30. But I'm saying that every time I've asked him, he's always wanted help. And then one time I was on the phone and I wasn't paying any attention. And I hear Luke panicking in the back. Dad, 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 dad. And I'm like, Luke, I'm on the phone. And he says, dad, monies, monies. And he's pointing. Come on. Childlike faith. We may not be able to change their whole circumstance. I wish that we could. I may not be able to teach them everything that they need. But I'll tell you what, I can give them a couple of dollars. Amen. It's learned helplessness. We have learned to not help ourselves. We have learned to not help other people. We see other people that are struggling and we have the ability and the means to help them. And yet we don't. We just continue to go on our Starbucks binge. Come on, I'm guilty of the same thing. I say that I don't have money to help in a current situation, but then I look at all the choices that I've made and all the things that I've bought. Come on. It's good. So learned helplessness. So I'm going to read a portion of scripture to you of a lady that's a very familiar portion of scripture to you. And I I enjoy it. And I'm going to bring a couple of things to your mind that I've never really thought about in this story until I started studying it. So it's found in 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to read verses 7 through 16. And it says this. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Elijah came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? 
as she was going to get it, he called, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Learned helplessness. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. Then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. God asked that you would use it this morning. God, prick our hearts. Let us hear, not with our physical ears, but let us hear with our hearts today, God. And let it change us, God. Let us leave this place different than the way that we came in. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. So this lady is, is, is gathering some sticks, minding her own business. She has a plan. Anybody in this room have a plan? She had a plan. She knew how she was going to live her life. She knew what was going to take place. And then in the middle of it, God interrupted her. I find it interesting that God didn't call the king to come and minister to Elijah. God didn't call somebody that was rich to minister to Elijah. God, God called a lady that was a widow. Come on. So my first point that I want to talk to you about is obedience that costs. See, Elijah's first request in this story was for a little jar of water. This widow had no problem with that. I mean, she didn't have one objection. When he asked her for a little jar of water, she immediately went to go get the water. Can I tell you why she went to go get the water? Because the water was in a well, a well that she didn't dig and a well that she didn't have to do very much to get water. She knew that there would be more water there later. So therefore, her obedience was easy because it didn't cost her anything. Come on, we live in America. Our obedience doesn't cost us very much. Some of us, if we went and lived in another country, maybe a country that if you said the name of Jesus, you were killed. You were put in jail. How many of us then would still use the name Jesus? It's for real. It's obedience that costs something. So she had no objection with water. It's when he asked her for bread. Something that she had a small amount of. Something that she already had a plan for. It's when God interrupts our plan. It's when he asks us for something that cost us. It's obedience that cost us something. He said, may I have a small piece of bread? And she said, and she, her response to, her, to him is, no, I don't have bread. Come on, how many times has Jesus told us to do something? Now, we're talking about money. But we're, it, this, remember, this applies in all of our areas of our life. We're broke in a lot of areas. We're broke spiritually. We're broke in our marriages. We're broke, come on, we're broke financially. We're broke in a lot of areas of our life. But he asked her for something, and she said, you know what, I don't have that. Now, she was honest. She said, I don't have any bread because she didn't have any bread. But she had the ability to make bread. Come on, how many times has God asked us for something? We say, oh, God, we don't have that, but we have the ability to get that. We have the ability to get it. We would just have to change our lifestyle. 
come on. We have the ability to get it. So she has the ability to get it. But she was honest with him. She said, hey, I don't have bread. I only have the stuff to make bread. That's what we do to Jesus. Jesus, I don't have $50. But you do have 20 You do have the ability to not go out to eat on Friday night, and then you'd have 50 You do have the ability to eat at home. Come on. You do have the ability, actually, let's just be honest with you. You do have the ability to fast. You save a lot of money when you fast. I was being honest. So God asked her for something first that doesn't cost her anything. She has no problem. But the moment it cost her, her obedience would cost her something. That's when she had the objection. See, God wants us to obey him even when it hurts. Come on. Now, this is the portion of scripture where Elijah looks at her and says, don't be afraid. Pastor Steve already talked about this. Poverty roots itself in fear. If we let it, we will let the fear of lack of money drive everything we do. When your first response to me about a promotion that you got is how much more money you'll make, I question, why did you take that promotion? Just to make more money? The fear of lack. See, but let me tell you how poverty also uh, uh, dwells in fear is you're afraid that somebody else is going to think that you don't have any money. You're afraid that somebody else is going to think that you're not the man of your household. Come on, men. Women, that you're not the woman of your household, that you're not providing for your family because you don't make enough money. I see young people all the time. They're like, man, I got to have a job and it's got to make this amount. I'm like, that amount? I made half that when I was your age. I'm being honest. Jesse and I got married and we made $42,000 combined in 2007. And guess what? In 2008, I still bought a house. I still had a car. I still had enough money to put food in the cabinet. I still had enough money to go take my wife out on a date. Now, it might have been to the dollar movie, right? (laughs) Tuesday nights. It might have been to a matinee and then to dinner. See, Jesse and I don't go to dinner and a movie. We go to movie and a dinner. Less crowded at dinner and movie is cheaper. Somebody say hallelujah. But I'm saying, I see young people now saying, no, 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 I got to make more money than that right there. And I look at them and go, seriously? Because we're rooted in fear. I've got to have this much money. Do you? Or are you saying that you've got to have this much money because this is your standard? If I brought your standard right down here, don't you think that you could do it? If I brought your, your, your level of integrity down to right here, maybe it would be okay for you to make less money? Come on, I preached as a youth pastor so hard. I preached to young people and I said, don't live your job based, don't live your life based on money. See, I see so many people that make decisions about where they work based on money. So they end up doing something that they hate. Anybody been there? They do a job that they hate. They go to a job that they don't like their boss and they do all of it. And why do we do it? Money. If Jesus said, hey, that job is not where I called you to be. I called you to do something different. Would you obey him to the point that it cost you your salary? Would you obey him if it cost you to move out of your house? Would you obey him if it cost you to give up your lease on your car? Would you obey him if it cost you to trade in your car and buy a used car? Sorry, it's a dirty word sometimes. 
So I said it quiet in case y'all didn't just wanted to skip over it. Come on, isn't life about choices? Isn't money about choices? That's what Pastor Steve is saying, is that we're asking God to increase our money, and God's saying, how about I methodically change your methods, change your habits, change your decision-making, and then you'll have enough money to live. Come on, I'm meddling where I shouldn't be meddling, but we've got to overcome fear. You know where fear really is overcome? It comes back to trusting God. Do you really trust God to provide all of your needs? Or do we trust our job? I'm afraid that in American society, a lot of the times our job has become our God. Think about it. Our job has become our God. We bow down to it. We'll do whatever it costs. If God asked you to leave on a Friday night, leave your family and go minister to somebody at 7-Eleven, you'd have every excuse in a million years. But if your boss calls you, you leave in a minute. You got to obey God. You got to trust God. How about Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34? It talk, tells us, Why do you worry about your life? What you'll eat, what you'll drink, what you'll wear? Why don't we read verse 32 through 34? It says, For the pagans run after all these things. Pagans, people that don't believe in Jesus, people that don't have a relationship with Jesus, pagans run after all these things, yet we're running with them. We're running with them. We're chasing a bigger house, a bigger job, more money. Come on. I know I'm hitting the nail right on the head over and over and over and over and over, but I want y'all to get this. For the pagans run after all these things. And this is the key. This is where the trust comes from. And your heavenly father knows that you want them or need them. He knows that you need them. Trust me, Jesus don't want you running around naked. Jesus don't want you running around hungry. Jesus doesn't want you running around without a car or without a house. He knows that you need them, but then it says this familiar portion of Scripture that we all know but we don't live out. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each Day has enough trouble of its own. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his righteousness. That's what God's saying to us. Don't seek first money. Don't seek first jobs. Don't seek first promotions. Don't seek first your kids. Don't seek first anything. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. And all these things that you need will be provided. Do you trust him? Or do you trust the dollar? Do you trust him or do you trust your job? Come on. God wants us to be obedient to him even when it costs us something. Come on. See, the second point is this. First fruits. I'm going to step on your toes just a little bit. Elijah asked for this widow to first make him a loaf of bread. A small loaf of bread. First, then he said, you may continue. Isn't that what God asked of us? Isn't that what Cain and Abel didn't quite understand was first fruits? The heart of giving? That you're excited to give to God? 
See, some of y'all are living in disobedience just because you haven't learned how to give some tithe. Some of y'all are living in disobedience because you give tithe faithfully, but you wouldn't dare give him an offering. Some of us live in the day and age where if at the end of my month, if I haven't spent it, God, I'll give something to you. I'll support that missionary at the end of the month when I make sure that I've had all the Starbucks and food and everything that I have and bought all the clothes that I don't need and shoes that I don't absolutely have to have. Then, God, I'll give to that missionary. Then I'll give to that guy standing on the side of the street. Come on. It's the first fruits. God doesn't want, his, doesn't want your leftovers. He wants your first fruits. See, I, I, I had never even thought about it this way. But how much of a smoking deal that God says that every good and perfect gift comes from above? So the job that you have is a good gift. It came from God. The money that you have in your account is a good gift. It came from God. So everything came from him. Everything is his. And Pastor Steve said he only asked for 10%. And he lets you keep 90 That's the most smoking deal I've ever seen. That's the most smoking deal I've ever seen. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you all of this money. I'm going to let you keep 90% of it. I wish the business world operated that way. Or the government. We can't get there. Don't make me meddle. I can't get on a soapbox. He wants first fruits. Can I tell you, this is what it really is. God wants to be so important in your life that he comes first. And can I tell you, it's not just in money. Some of us, if we treated our spouse the way that we treat our relationship with God, they'd leave us in a month. We're broke spiritually. We're broke spiritually. Come on. He wants to be important enough that he comes first. See, can I tell you this? When he is first... And I want to jump up on the chairs and be all T.D. Jakes, but I'm not going to. I'm just got to be Woody Burpo. I'm sorry. But when you give the first fruits, when God comes first, can I tell you that the flour doesn't run out? Can I tell you that the oil doesn't run dry? Can I tell you that there's enough bread to go around? Can I tell you that he's going to provide for your need, but he's got to come first? See, now let's check this out. We're going in verse 15 and 16 in 1 Kings 17. After Elijah asked her for bread, she gave her excuses. He told her, first make me a small loaf of bread and then do as you continue. And he quoted the word of the Lord to him, to her and said, this is what it says. Your flour won't run dry. Your oil won't, won't, won't run empty. And she had to have faith. She had to trust in order to do this. And then it says that she went away and did as Elijah told her. And it says, so, so. There was food every day. For who first? Hmm. There, was food f- there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. I just read Matthew chapter 6 that says, Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All these things will come unto you. So what I'm saying is we've come in the house today and we're the widow. We've got this much left. 
This is our plan. This is what we're going to do with it. And God's wanting to interrupt our plan and say, will you put me first? Because if you will, then I'm going to provide all of your needs. I know that you need it, and I'm going to provide all of your needs. But check this out. It said that there was enough food for Elijah. You know what that means? That means that she didn't just obey one time, but she obeyed continuously. She continued to get flour and continued to give to Elijah. Come on, she didn't just provide bread. You read in the story later on, she provided a home for Elijah. Elijah stayed in her house. Come on, will you obey God? Will you give him your first fruits? Will you give him the first fruits of your time? Will you give him the first fruits of your money? Will you give him the first fruit of your relationships? Come on. Will you give him your first fruits? See, God blessed this lady and she continued to bless him, but she also continued to bless Elijah. Can I tell you from the Bible that I read, if she would have fed Elijah once and gotten the blessing from God and turned away and ran, can I tell you that the blessing of God would have not lasted? See, I heard a preacher one time say too many times, God gives a seed to plant and we think it's seed to eat. Come on. We eat our seed, therefore we can't have later on. Do you understand farming? Do you understand how it works? You have to plant a seed and wait. Then more comes. And if you eat all of that plant and you don't save back some of the seed, you won't eat later. Come on. That's how God wants us to live and operate, is that he gives us a harvest. Some of it's for you and some of it's for other people. Come on. We end up wasting the blessing that God gives us instead of giving it back to him, instead of relegating it the way that he wants it to be. How about the next time you get some money, why don't you ask God what you're supposed to do with it? Huh? Can I tell you, I've never went to McDonald's or to any restaurant and said, God, what do you want me to eat? Number two? No, 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 you're not, you're not feeling number two. Number ten? Oh, God, is it ten? Oh, yeah, I feel it now. All right, I'll have a number ten. I've never done that. But when it comes to God, when it comes to our money, don't we always ask him, Oh, God, do you want me to support this missionary? Can you support that missionary? Oh, God, do you want me to do this? God, do you want me to give tithe? God, do you want me to bless this person? Yes, yes, and yes, and yes. Can I tell you, the Bible says that he wants to give us so much that we can be generous on every occasion. So when you go out to eat with your friend, you should pay. Y'all should have knock-down, drag-out fights as to who gets paid for dinner. And listen, the wild card is always this. Don't rob me of God's blessing. It's like, all right, fine. Pay for my meal. So that we can be a blessing on every occasion. On every occasion. That's what Luke's teaching me. God through Luke is teaching me a blessing on every occasion. Luke, do you want to give money to this person? Yes. Luke, do you want to give money to this person? Yes. He's never told me no. Yet we act like God, oh God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do with my money? Bless people. Bless people. Number three, 
Your obedience provides for others. Come on, see, we don't like the way that this is set up. We don't like the way that the system of, of, of God is set up. In the fact that when God blesses you, he blesses everybody. Everybody that you come in contact with, he blesses your whole family. See, this lady experienced that. Can I tell you, the son didn't get a say-so in whether she obeyed the word of the Lord that came into her life. Come on, the son didn't get a say-so. The widow didn't stop and say, hey, son, what do you think we should do? Do you think we should make this small loaf of bread or do you think we should just eat this bread all for ourselves? But can I tell you, later on in the portion of Scripture, in 1 Kings chapter 17, the son becomes sick. The son becomes ill. The son actually goes beyond sickness, beyond illness, and dies. Can I tell you that when he died, Elijah was living upstairs. The man of God was living upstairs because the widow continued to take care of her. To continue to take care of him, gave him bread, gave him a place to stay, continued to take care of him. And she was able to go and ask him and said, hey, what's going on? My son just died. And Elijah came and life came back in that boy. Can I tell you, I don't know the answer to this question. But if that widow wouldn't obey the word that came to her from God to bless Elijah the first time, when her son died, what happens? Elijah's not there. Because Elijah would have went on somewhere else. So I don't know if God would, have, God would have sent somebody else to heal him. I don't know the answer to that. But what I do know is that because she obeyed God, because she continued to obey God, the man of God was living upstairs, and the man of God provided the needs of her family and her household because of her obedience. Come on. Your obedience blesses your family. Your obedience blesses your employer. Your obedience blesses not just you, but everybody around you. It provides for them. Come on. I'm going to have Miss Kim come and play. Can I just ask you a simple question? See, when it comes to broke, we want to Focus on ourselves. Me. God, what areas do I, I need to change? And that's right. But can I ask you another question this morning? Who in your life is waiting on provision that will only come through your obedience? Come on. Who in your life needs provision? And provision isn't coming. day in and day out to obey God not just in our finances can I tell you it's about your finances the two the only two gods talked about in our Bible is him and this and it says you can't serve two of them you can't serve both of them you're either going to love the one and hate the other. Or you'll be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. Can I tell you, pick Jesus. Love him. 
above all things. Be devoted to him above all things. And money will become no issue to you. Come on, Pastor Steve already said it. God will bless you with a whole bunch of money as long as it doesn't mean anything to you. God will bless you with everything that you've ever needed as long as it doesn't mean anything to you. The moment your house becomes the biggest priority in your life, he's not providing that for you. Who in our lives are waiting for provision that's coming through my obedience? We don't know anything about this son. We don't know if this son served Jesus, loved Jesus, read his word day and night. But what we know is that because of his mama's obedience, life was brought back into him. Can I tell you, I think that I can speak that there's probably a lot of death in a lot of kids' lives and it's coming through the parents. Because we won't obey God. We won't listen to God. We won't do what he says. We won't give him 15 minutes a day. We won't read our word. We won't give $50 a month. We won't sacrifice anything. We won't obey to the point that it hurts us. Our kids, our family, our spouse, maybe our parents, maybe our grandparents. Maybe they're not provided for. And it's because we've been disobedient to him. Not just in money but in every area. Lord Jesus, this morning, God, we ask for your help. God, we can't possibly do this life on our own. Lord Jesus, if it was left to us, we would live in poverty. We would live broke. No matter how much money we made, no matter how blessed we thought we were, we would still be broke, Lord Jesus. God, if it wasn't for you, our spiritual lives would be a disaster. We would all be broke, and there was nothing we could do about it. But God, you saw our need spiritually. You provided for us, Lord Jesus. You saw our need financially, and you provided for us. You saw our need mentally and physically, God, and you provided for us. But God, it comes back to Matthew chapter 6. God, who are we going to seek first? God, we're all in this room, and I believe that we're seeking you because we're here. But God, some of us seek our jobs before you. Some of us seek our families before you. Some of us even seek other things more than you. But God, I pray this morning that you change and let us seek you first and your righteousness God we know that all these things are coming because you know that we need them in Jesus name every head bowed every eye closed nobody looking around if you say Woody that's that's me I struggle with my priorities God's on my priority list. He's just not number one. Sometimes God's number one on my priority list, but sometimes he's not. And if that's you, would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I need some help. Yeah, hands up everywhere. 
Thank you, Lord. Help us. A few seconds longer if you just need to make that acknowledgement. I struggle with my priority. I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Now, would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet this morning? Can I tell you, God doesn't want you to live broke. He doesn't want you to live broke physically. He doesn't want you to live broke spiritually. He definitely doesn't want you to live broke financially. He wants us to live blessed. Notice I didn't say rich. I said blessed. He wants us to live blessed. So would you do me a favor? Would you throw up both hands in the air this morning? Lord Jesus, God, I'm asking, we are asking you, God, to help us, Lord Jesus. God, a lot of us raised our hands and said, God, we struggle with our priorities. God, help us with our priority. God, we don't want you to be on our list. We want you to be our list. We want you to govern our list. We want you to determine what comes second. We want you to determine what comes third. We want you to determine what comes after that. But God, this morning, we make you number one. God, we put you at the top of the list, Lord Jesus. There's nothing else that could ever come before you. God, this morning, we make things right. And we put you number one. God, forgive us for our disobedience. God, forgive us for partially obeying you. And God, teach us to obey you, even when it hurts. God, teach us to give you our our first fruits. Because we know that you don't want to just provide for us. But through our obedience, you want to provide for others. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You may be seated. How many of you in this room have traveled outside of the United States? Raise your hand high. I want to see how many people. A good majority of you. Can I tell you, every time I leave the United States, I always find a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people that make a whole lot of less, a whole lot less money than we do. They're living in houses that are a lot smaller. Can I tell you that the youth, we took a missions trip to Costa Rica. We went to this lady's home and it wasn't clean. Matter of fact, it's kind of smelly because it was right next to the city dump. And you know what she did? She felt like God called her to provide it to provide a free daycare. And that's what she did. She opened it up to anybody that wanted to come. Didn't charge them anything. She got donations so they could feed the babies. Milk so that they could have something to drink. Toys so that they could have something to play with. And can I tell you, everybody in that house had more joy than I see most Americans have. And they live in a dump, literally. If you want to know what they live next to, go down council to Southwest 15th and look left. It's the city dump. It's trash piled on top of trash piled on top of trash. That's what they lived next to. That's where they played. They went and were rolling down that hill. it had some of the greenest grass you've ever seen. It was because of all the garbage. But can I tell you, they had joy. And joy comes from the Lord. And we've got to, in this area of our life, we have got to learn and understand. Money, I'm not serving you. 
I'm not bowing down to you. I'm not going to even halfway bend down to you. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And money, you can go fly a kite, literally. And I'm going to serve you. Amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.